Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sacred Anarchy. We are excited for today's live cast. And uh, before we get started, I just want to thank all of our uh, new subscribers, uh, new people that have joined the Mystery School. Uh, those of you who have joined on Rumble and BitChute, I'm noticing those numbers growing. So this is really exciting for us to see that this message is getting out. And I feel like today we're actually going to be really getting to some of the heart of what sacred anarchy is all about, which is about self-rulership. So before we get into our awesome presentation today, I want to uh, give a few announcements. So I have been busy, busy, busy behind the scenes uh, working with my clients, but also creating a bunch of guidebooks. So if you're kind of dabbling right now in the mystery school and you're kind of ready to take the next step with us, um, I want to recommend checking out the occult studies uh, part on the website. So I have a bunch of guidebooks, um, specifically the chrism ritual. If you have not picked up that one, that's kind of like the the foundation of everything that we do here. And then I've got um, the occult guide to tarot, which is truly a game changer, especially with reprogramming the subconscious mind. I've also got a new one in the works called uh, Activate Your Esoteric Technology with the 72 Divine Names. So there is a bunch of uh, starter courses, if you will. They're digital downloads. They're very inexpensive. And so I wanted to just bring your attention to that if you're ready to take that next leap. I'll talk a little bit more about that at the end as there are a few other specific things I want to share with you guys. But for now, Let's give a warm welcome to Chad. Hello, all of you present and future sacred anarchists. Thanks for <laughs> joining us. That's right. All right. So we're getting into nuts and bolts here. I feel like this is like legwork. This is the, the roots. We ask a lot of questions here at Sacred Anarchy. You know, well, when you're trying to create the new world, right? We're trying to shape a, a new aeon. We got to, we got to find what the, the culprit was like, how are we going to build something if we don't actually know what the problem is, what the root problem is, right? That's what we learned. The first thing in natural medicine school is you got to get to the root. There's no band-aid solutions. And so I feel like tonight we're kind of getting to the root. Yeah. So, uh, last week we discussed what our rights, you know, if so we're kind of get into the base definitions of the words that we so commonly use and give give them some more insight and meaning so that we're all working from a the same definition. So the, the foundation, the root of our language or the, the words. And if you don't know the definition of the words we're using, then we're we're what are we talking about? So and you know what? I'm starting to realize that everything comes back to the definition, whether you're looking at the etymology or you get an old school uh, black law, black laws dictionary or, you know, to really understand the origins of words, because that's the first point of contact with the uh, programming. Right. If you don't know what the words mean, then you don't really know how you've been programmed. So, yeah. So last last week we talked about what are rights and. This week is what is government? What is it? I I I propose that's the rule of the mind. And I will state of this case and I I will I will <laughs> I will plead it and 
you, you know, you can join me in this, uh, this journey and, and hopefully I can execute my case. Let's do it. This image is pretty powerful. Man. Who is that guy in there? Oh, that's your thought. Mm. So, uh, etymologically speaking, government is made up from two ancient words, uh, govern, uh, which comes from the Latin gubernare, which means to direct, rule, or guide, and menta, which is comes from the, the Latin mentalis, which means in, of, or pertaining to the mind. So when you stick those together, you have the rule of, of the mind. mind. If you remember the old Sesame Street pronunciations, uh, <laughs> government, government, government. Yay. To govern the mind, right? <laughs> there it is. Uh, Webster's definition of government states several things but uh the two the two that uh seem the most um uh relevant relevant for today's discussion is one the body of persons that constitutes the governing authority of a political unit or organization two the organization machinery or agency through which a political unit exercises authority and performs functions and which is usually classified according to the distribution of power within it. So, and there's the visual that we've got this hierarchy of a system. Yes. Yeah, so I had to think of, uh, you know, an image that, that, that symbol, uh, symbolize the body of persons that constitutes the government. So why not the, the the people's house so this is the house representatives and the speakers standing up looking at all your elected representatives that are representing you uh taking away your rights altogether <laughs> take yeah these are your these are your adjudicators these are your uh, trustees they uh mm -hmm. if you look the can't see it well in this image but uh the best thing about the the speaker's pulpit, if you will, are the the twin fasci on either side of the American flag. It's the the ancient Roman symbol of the fasci, the bundled sticks, which was also the symbol for international fascism, aka uh, Italian fascists with Mussolini and uh, Adolf Hitler and the German socialists. But kind of like you just brought up the. The trustee beneficiary relationship. And if you really think about what the government is, it's, you know, we are supposed to trust them, right? They're the trustee and we're the beneficiary. We need to, they're supposed to be public servants, right? They're supposed to be benefiting the public. Yeah, that's the So that the is angle. the idea, but it's really been flipped. You know, they are the ones benefiting. And so- Let's continue because this is Mind where control. we start to really understand what it means to be, to benefit from a government. And are we really benefiting? Well, I thought we'd throw another legal definition into the 
the mix tonight. So from Black's Law, fourth edition, Black's Law is a series of of uh, books that give these modified, like root, uh, say, um, revised definitions of legal terms that are used in all these different forms of of law. Um, every single edition is is relevant as the 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 the, the most recent. So the first edition's definitions are still mm. held as absolute truth and law to this day. So the fourth edition, um, when you look up government, uh, the very first definition says it signifies the instrument, the helm, whereby the ship to which the state was compared was guided on its course by the gubernator or helmsman. And in that view, the government is but an agency of the state distinguished as it must be an accurate thought from its scheme and machinery of government. This is a case called state versus chase in Minnesota um, in the twenties. And um, so I, I thought that was hilarious. You know, here's the, the government they're they're the helmsmen they're the the they're at the they're at the wheel of the ship they're guiding the the course of everything and i just love the the picture of the capsized uh, freighter <laughs> tipping over there <laughs> you look at our legal system and in our our life as a whole you'll see uh lots and lots of references to nautical terms and maritime um you know maritime um words yeah you know vessels ships yeah, banks did an article on uh the law of the sea so the law of the sea is maritime admiralty law which is what our entire court system is based on and so having a representative like a lawyer the bar association is part of the um keeping the legal system alive. So it's like the, they're the arm of the court system. So to be represented means you're basically giving up your right to present yourself as a sovereign being. So, you know, there's a lot of loopholes. And once you start to study law from the its inception and how it really came to be and i think we're going to talk a little bit more about that tonight but Ooh, um, yeah we'll brush upon <laughs> it but it, it, it'll definitely segue into a much more um dedicated episode on that but as angel said like all these terms that have leaked into our our lives here on the land all all uh started from shipping commerce and these sailors and companies that develop these laws as, as pertaining to commerce in shipping from one continent to the other and how those same laws started to like leak into how we see things on the land um, so even so. though our court system is on land so to speak like entering into the court yeah. is now entering into a shipping vessel, so to speak. So they're still practicing the law of the sea, even on land, when you enter the court. That's why yeah. you cannot pass, you know, the the doors, if you will. It's only for the lawyer and the 
judge and what have you, because now you're in their vessel. Yeah. So Jordan Maxwell, just to kind of, um, you know, give some extra resources here. Jordan Maxwell does an amazing job. You can find videos uh, archived on YouTube about maritime law and Jordan Maxwell. If you do that search, you're going to find some pretty interesting stuff. Yeah. As you walk across the courtroom and you pass the bar, the bar actually symbolizes the railing of a ship. Sounds weird, I know, but but it's gonna make sense. We're gonna soon. we're gonna plead this case, and we're gonna win, just like Matlock. <laughs> uh, so the second um, interesting definition in Black's law of government was the regulation, restraint, supervision, or control which is exercised upon the individual members of an organized jural society by those invested with authority. Now, the word jural means a based in law, based in truth, you know, true law. Um, this was a, a case, um, whatever, Chicago B&Q uh, company versus school district one in Yuma County, County Colorado. So basically government is uh, here is saying it's a, it's, organized to restrain, regulate, and supervise the individual within the society. That sounds awesome. Mm. Wait, what? <laughs> I don't feel like I'm benefiting from this anymore. Yeah. Um, uh, H.L. Mencken, um, pretty radical journalist from the 20s, really spoke his mind gave zero fucks, uh, said, is government then useful and necessary? Well, so is a doctor. But suppose the dear fellow claimed the right every time he was called in to prescribe for a bellyache or ringing in the ears uh, to raid the family silver, use the family's toothbrushes, and ex execute the drill de seigneur upon the housemaid. I had to look up that last that last one to understand the quote. The droit de seigneur is actually the uh, right of the ruler to have his way with the woman of the house. Right. So. So I mean, that's basically what we have have given up to our our authority, if you will, uh, our sovereignty to a government to make decisions on our behalf. So going back to that concept of the trustee and the beneficiary where they're supposed to be acting as a trustee, meaning that we trust them to do things for the trust that would benefit us. And so, but it has really been reversed. It's that they're playing beneficiary and benefiting off of all of the, you know, legal so-called laws yeah, to, and are they really benefiting? They write, they write the laws and then they determine how they're, um, how they're used. Because like in this, in this quote, it's, it's, it's basically, you know, he's basically saying that like, where does it end? Where, where, what is the, 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 the end of their authority? You know, will it come to the time where they just come to your door and say, they're going to, you know, take whatever they their, want, take whatever they want. I mean, the, because it was written on a piece of paper, yeah. like, you know, you can all allow this, yeah. like, wh what, where are we going here? You know, because they clearly don't apply these, 
rules to themselves. They they don't serve time. They don't get prosecuted. They don't, you know, they're they're pretty much left alone. Once in a while, there will be a, a, a you know, a, a single member that's used as an example. But it's you know, you you vote for somewhere around 536 535 members that's the elected body there's another 2 million bureaucrats beyond that that you never get to vote for um all of them seem to to have the same uh the same luxuries and protections and those are not reward those are not awarded to the 90 99.9% of everyone else So we have to ask, where does government derive its power from? Well, the textbook, the textbooks say that the source of government power can vary depending on the type of government and its underlying principles. Here are some common sources from which governments derive their power. One, the social contract. Two, constitutional authority. Three, legitimacy and consent. Four, divine right. Five, military force. Six, economic power. Or seven, popular support and public opinion. So these are just excuses as to why the few are allowed to rule the many. And this applies to all forms of government. Republic, uh, democratic, um, uh, authoritarian, uh, monarchy. Um, dictatorship it doesn't matter you know the first one's is absolutely mind-blowing the social contract yeah. this is a fictitious term that's brought up many times in 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 uh public arguments as to why the the few are allowed to rule the majority you know some invisible contract that no one ever saw not even you know not even a, a simple piece of paper, you know, or yes or no, that you get to check off at some point in your life. Like that doesn't exist. So for that to actually be in a textbook is so absurd. I, I don't well, even, your birth certificate. I don't, you were born. So therefore that's your social contract. Yeah. You know, when you were an infant. Point, yeah. Zero seconds, uh, <laughs> 0.02 seconds old. That's it. You know, constitutional authority. Again, this is a piece of paper. A piece of paper was drafted, and um, there you go. So someone drew up a constitution. You know, what is a constitution? It's a contract that these few people get to rule these other people in this way, and that's it. So everyone, uh, you know, deal. Uh, legitimacy and consent. Like, yeah, it's just legitimate. We're the legitimate government, and consent everyone just we think everyone just allows us to uh to um to rule them so we're just going to keep doing it you know divine right that's monarchical you were uh you were you were born into a bloodline and so now you're you have some kind of uh you know god-given um authority 
you know, military force, straight dictatorship, like we're going to violently overthrow you. And, um, you know, that's the picture in this, <laughs> in this slide, uh, just we're going to, we're going to rule you or death, yeah. you know, economic power. So that's just coercion. You know, we have the power of the economy and the power of the purse. So we're going to control you. And then seven, it's just popular, you know, United States, we have a constitutional government supposed to be a republic, constitutional republic, but it's kind of democratic, but it's really based on popular support and public opinion, but it's got the biggest military. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, a bit of all of these, the least being the divine right, but still uh, kind of kind of see the president as a king of sorts in this in this world uh, and it's it's different all over the all over the all over the earth but essentially like all of these reasons are they're not legitimate these aren't real real reasons for one or uh one man or a small group of men and women to rule over a giant nation of people yeah it is well, they've set it up this way from the beginning. It's always been this way, you know, and that's how they continue to enslave humanity is because this has been going on for so long. And, you know, going back to the legal jargon um, that was created to justify these behaviors uh, of rulership you know, the majority of people don't even take a law class. They don't even know what they signed up. In fact, lawyers don't even know to some degree of what they've signed up for. Yeah. So this is the problem. There's a there's a big elephant in the room and, and nobody's talking about it because to, you got to dig. You got to get to the root. Why are these contracts set in place? How come nobody's talking about maritime admiralty law how come you know it's taken a, a researcher rest in peace jordan maxwell of 30 years to research all of the, the symbolism to decode all this and it's only now that we're starting to see people that are have dug deep enough to be able to leave the system yeah, because yeah. it's all a contract that you can actually dissolve Right. You don't even know that you're signed up to a contract, but you are many every time you sign on that dotted line. You know, whatever it is, a driver's license, a mortgage, a marriage license, it really doesn't matter what it is, is you sign on the dotted line and you are you are contractually contractually. Entangling yourself into the web of government and the more contracts you sign, the more power so to speak it gives the officials that are creating these contracts so if you don't start to understand their language that's that's really the key here is that i'm seeing as far as the root you want to get to the root you need to know the language that they put in place to confuse right to confuse people so that they don't understand what they're in contractually um tied to but once you start to see what the, the wording means and you start to dig into the definitions like Chad has done with um, the Black's Law uh, Dictionary, when you start to see what you're really in, in bed with, that is your power to now decide if you want to 
stay contractually obligated to this system. And we never knew that it was always a choice to be able to end and dissolve these contracts. Yeah. So like, you know, we're asking where, where does government derive its power from? And I just listed off seven textbook uh, reasons slash excuses where it gets power from, but where does it really get its power from? Well, it gets its power from an ignorant population that is born into uh, a situation and lives its, its life never asking any questions, just blindly accepting the state, the the state of, of uh, affairs that is handed them and will allow uh, seemingly the, the, the perceived authority to do anything it wants to do and ask anything of, of the, the person with almost no extent, you know, the, except everything like, uh, uh, HL Mencken was saying, like, you know, they kind of let them come, just take everything in your house and, you know, use your toothbrushes. Well, it's because well, contractually we're under their jurisdiction. That's why people are afraid of the IRS. They're afraid of, you know, the tax man that, you know, the, the, someone's going to come and get you like you're going to get in trouble. That's like the biggest thing. I'm going to get in trouble. So it's like you a know? daddy. Right. Mommy so you're coming. So to um, I don't remember what I was saying here. <laughs> um, what was I just talking about? These people are engaged in in uh, agreements that they're they're not even aware of. But you know, again, the 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 power derives from an ignorant population that believes it's just the way it is. You know, hear it all the time in in debates. Well, just the way it is. If you don't like it, you can leave. Oh, I was talking about the jurisdiction. So you you're afraid because you don't, we don't know the language, right? We don't know what we're contractually contracted into. So once you start to know what you're contractually into, then you start to understand that you're under the jurisdiction of maritime admiralty law. So once you understand that, when 100% understand what that means, now you can start to begin to comprehend how do I have to be under this jurisdiction? Because the the jurisdiction is like this this um, you know uh, that's the symptom that we're feeling, right? Like I'm going to get in trouble if I don't pay my taxes. This is going to happen, right? It's actually the 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 magic of jurisdiction is really what is causing those feelings so all you have to do is get to the root which is well what is jurisdiction what jurisdiction am i under why am i under those things oh what contracts am i still in that keeps me under that jurisdiction when you start to ask that's critical thinking you got to you know to get to the root of anything you got to ask all the questions of the trivium, who, what, where, when. You got to answer those questions first, right? The trivium. We've talked about this in other episodes. Once you get the heart of the that piece of the puzzle, only then you could understand why. So don't even bother saying, well, why, why? No, go back to the who, go back to the what, go back to the where, go back to the when. And then all of a sudden these doors start to open 
in your mind and you start to be able to truly see the heart of the matter. Yeah. You, uh, you, you volunteered to be in that jurisdiction. All right. Moving forward. So what is government in reality? Uh, well, David Friedman in his book, the machinery of freedom said that government is an agency of legitimized coercion. The special characteristic that distinguishes governments from other agencies of coercion, such as ordinary criminal gangs, is that most people accept government coercion as normal and proper. The same act that is regarded as coercive when done by a private, private individual seems legitimate if done by an agent of the government. Mm. So if, you know, if someone stops you in the street, with a a weapon and ask for all the money in your wallet, you know, you were just robbed by a criminal. But if a group of men calling themselves a government ask for 25, 30, 50%, 75% of your income uh, in the, in the form of taxation, then that's, that's that's proper and acceptable because they're the government, you know, it's, it's. Well, that goes back again to the trivium. Well, what is the government, right? The government is a corporation. So that's like, if Taco Bell is like, give me half of your paycheck, would you give it to them? I mean, it's just another corporation. Do I get a bean burrito? (laughs) (laughs) Ew. We get diarrhea. We don't eat that food. Lovely. Look, take 40% of your income, you get a bean burrito, and we'll give you some diarrhea for free. (laughs) Lucky us. Woohoo! It's the eighth, uh, the eighth derived power of government. All right. So another quote from Lysander. Totally love the love the constitution. So uh, Lysander says, and yet we have what purports or professes or is claimed to be a contract, the Constitution, made 80 years ago by men who are now all dead and who never had any power to bind us, but which, it is claimed, has nevertheless bound three generations of men consisting of many millions and which, it is claimed, will be binding upon all the millions that are to come but which nobody ever signed, sealed, delivered, witnessed, or acknowledged, and which few persons compared with the whole number that are claimed to be bound by it have ever read or even seen or ever or ever will read or see. Mm. Lysander wrote this in his uh, essays, no, Tre- no Treason, the Constitution of Authority. Constitution of North, no authority, sorry. Um, so... He wrote this in the uh, um, 18, Seven, 1870. Yeah, so just after Civil War, so uh, 80 years post the signing of the Constitution in 1787. And what he says here, when you think about it, it's pretty mind-blowingly accurate. Uh, some wealthy plantation landowners got together in a room and dictated that they were going to be they they didn't you know they didn't want the 
royal crown. They didn't want King George to tax the people. The men in that room wanted to take the power of taxation from the King of England, and they wanted to tax the people, and they gave the power to themselves, and nobody gave them that. None of the people gave them that power. They just took it for themselves. They wrote it on a piece of paper, uh, which almost nobody witnessed, and then that just became the contract that everybody else has been born into for several hundred years now. I mean, it's pretty wild, you know? Well, the, the interesting thing about that is what was it? The act of 1871 where the United States became the United States government corporate incorporated. So once the United States government became incorporated. We're no longer under the jurisdiction of the Constitution. It doesn't even apply, right? Constitution is common law. Well, half of us are. And by <laughs> half, I don't mean I don't mean half the the people. I mean half of every person. But that's a different. That's, that's a different another comp. Yeah. Well, as we dive deeper into this, so really you know this we have constitutional rights it's like but you're under contract under a different jurisdiction so there's the jurisdiction of the law of the land the law of the sea and the law of the air and the contracts that we're entangled in is the law of the sea the maritime admirable law so you have if you don't dig you're not going to find these answers and and they're just hoping that people will blindly never ask the questions but we're asking these questions and we're researching it and we're sharing it with you guys. And I'm sure you guys have other knowledge to share with us. And this information needs to be brought to the masses. It needs to be brought to the people so that yeah. at least they know they had a choice. Okay. They can decide to stay, but if they don't think they have a choice, they have no power, you know, big daddy's going to come get me, but they don't know the alternatives. Yeah. And that's why they feel powerless. These older, these older, historians and activists and authors were uh very good sources of information because they were writing when the uh the, the moment was fresh you know lysander was writing this right after the civil war happened like what angel just referred to the act of 1871 take it back a couple of years before that in 1868 the 14th amendment was ratified mm -hmm. which redefined legally what a citizen is and then three years after that the district of columbia was incorporated so the government the u.s government re uh you know incorporated itself as the united states or the district of columbia and citizen has a whole new definition pretty wild stuff and if you look you know we'll go through this at a different time um but you know back to the the root of everything the 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 definitions of the words the foundation that we that we live with needs to be fully understood by everybody to truly make a leap of uh of significance which is within every single human's power especially you know i know there's people that are watch this in, in different countries but the united states each each human natural human individual has infinitely more power 
than they understand they have right now. And it has to do with uh, separating themselves from that citizen status. So moving forward, um, what I alluded to in the very first frame that, that what is government? It's the rule of the mind. If government, um, the word, the etymology means uh, to rule the mind, you know, here we are, gubernari, gubernare mente, uh, mind control, which is also known as brainwashing or thought control, refers to the deliberate and systematic manipulation of an individual's thoughts, beliefs, emotions, and behaviors to influence and control their actions, decisions, and perception of reality. It involved the use of psychological, social, and sometimes physical techniques to gain dominance over a person's mind and actions. Mind control techniques have been explored and used throughout history by various groups, including authoritarian regimes, cults, and some intelligence agencies. These techniques can be highly controversial and are often associated with unethical practices that violate personal autonomy and human rights. But if you were to look into this further in a uh, proper, you know, educated sense, you would be told that mind control is only a, a thing of sci-fi movies. It's, it's not, it's not really happening. Even though if you go back 20, 20 episodes in our, in our series here that we've talked about Edward Bernays, which, you know, we talked about how propaganda. advertising and and propaganda was to control the mind. It was the invisible mechanism that was the true authority that was, you know, creating a reality, which is that not control of the mind? Seems well seems the interesting like here is that, you know, this last sentence, these techniques can be highly controversial and often associated with unethical practices that violate personal autonomy and human rights. So here's the thing, this human rights keyword here, you know, we just talked in the last episode about rights. So under the jurisdiction of maritime law and the contracts, right? We're under the contracts that have diminished our human rights. You know, we are indebted to the contracts that we're under. So we're not actually, we're not treated like natural men and women. We're not treated like human beings. We're treated like corporations because that is what we are to them. Yeah, employees. We're employees to a larger corporation. So when you think about the contracts, and again, do some research here, but you know, well, I'm going to continue to talk about this in Bank of Gnosis. But you know, your contract, your birth certificate, and social security card cre is created a trust. It created a, a corporation in your name. That's why your name is in all caps. So this concept of you know mind control and that it's unethical and violates personal autonomy and human rights, but they don't see us as humans because we are just laborers to put more money and power into their hands. So, you know, if you've ever felt that you cannot make a difference, you know, 
this is why energetically and unconsciously, you know, I did a whole article on this in Bank of Gnosis on the unconscious mind and the law of the sea. So you might want to visit that. I'll talk a little about that at the end, but this is very important. If you do feel like you don't have any rights, well, we're breaking it down as to why you actually feel that way, which is an unconscious feeling, but you understand it from an intuitive standpoint without actually understanding that yeah. that is why. It, it's hard to conceive right now, but what I was alluding to uh, before that, the, that half of us, uh, uh, agree with this is is that you know by half i mean like each individual split in a half because part of you is clearly a living breathing human being uh but the other half of you is an actual corporation mm -hmm. you were viewed as two individuals one of you is dead because corporations literally comes from the word corpse it's a dead entity that can only be given life through living men which you are the living man or woman and the 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 piece the part of you that can be continually uh you know oppressed and and controlled control and, and void of of rights and autonomy that's the dead part of you that is the all caps uh corporate entity that was forced upon you at birth if you're if you're part of the you're born in the 50 US, you know 50 50 US states you're absolutely in this if uh, unless you were lucky and you were uh, your parents were traveling with the grateful dead and when you were born by a midwife they never got you a social security number which these people exist i've known many of them over my lifetime um but yeah that's it's pretty wild So, so looking over um, methods of mind control, this says go, we're going to go through like eight of these, and and you know, say them out loud to yourself, and, and just see if they ring true. If if you see uh, see this happening in your daily life, and if you're if you're attracted to watching this podcast, uh, I think you're gonna you're going to definitely resonate with some of these methods. So the very first method is manipulation of information. <laughs> huh? Hmm, no, never. I don't know. Is there not, in my, not in my reality, uh, controlling information an individual and an individual receives or distorting facts to shape their beliefs and worldview. Hmm. Yeah. So check, check, check on that. Uh, isolation cutting off the individual from outside influences and alternate sources of information to reduce critical thinking and reinforce the group's ideology. I had to scratch my head on this one because it seems like I don't, I don't have the best of memory, but it seems like at some, some point in like the recent few years, <laughs> everyone was forced to stay in their homes and not go out and, and they talk like, to each other. Yeah. It was weird. And like the information they shared was being controlled and censored. I don't, I don't know. I maybe it's like a sci-fi movie I I watched. <laughs> uh, number three, repetition and indoctrination, repeatedly presenting specific ideas, beliefs, or slogans to influence a person's thinking and behavior over time. I don't know what that 
would like stay safe, stay home. Would that be one? Yeah. Like over and over. <laughs> I think there's stay I mean, home, save lives. Was that it? Yeah. Um, four sleep deprivation and exhaustion, weakening, weakening an individual's mental and physical state to make them more susceptible to manipulation. Uh, you get eight hours of sleep a night, you find yourself uh, staying up or being like lured to watch another, you know, binge another Netflix uh, serial killer show. Um, Maybe uh, your diet full of corn syrup pharma, and you, uh, yeah, like no exercise. Well, but being told repeatedly that we need these drugs to be healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I don't know, kind of like checking off all four so far. Um, chestnuts are hitting the roof. Uh, <laughs> number five, emotional manipulation, exploiting emotions like fear, guilt, or love to control behavior and loyalty. You know, a lot of people have Fear. been through relationships like that with uh, their significant other or their parent, um, but definitely a lot of fear uh pushed out from uh the uh, perceived authorities around here number six is social pressure using peer pressure and desire for acceptance to influence decisions and conformity to the group's norms you know 20 19 18 uh episodes ago we talked about group mind and the pressures that that groups put within groups of the members and how the don't people... forget to change your facebook profile picture <laughs> yeah with the cute little yeah. buttons around Where's your it? black square um <laughs> jeez that uh, one's old school yeah that's like vintage i'm old <laughs> I, that's basically the time where i like kind of just checked out of facebook i think it was black square movement was the done i think before that was the french flag with all the shootings over there Good times on this planet, let me tell you. Uh, next one is phobias and triggers. Instilling, instilling irrational fears or creating triggers that evoke automatic responses, conditioning the individual's behavior. Right. Like police sirens. That's a trigger. Grab one of those go off right behind you. Um, Just getting things in the mail that say if you don't do this you're in trouble you know you may be breaking the law like just like you know terrible things that create this emotional response and then you know then you lash out at your family like you, there's just it's everything is just become so dire and it's unnecessary and the number eight method of mind control is thought terminating cliches using short phrases or slogans to discourage critical thinking and questioning. USA, USA. And that's as, as like short as it gets, right? Just like an acronym over and over again. Like we see these all the time. You could go back all eight of these uh, methods apply them to your your life and what you've witnessed 
in your conscious awakening uh uh life and and you've you've all experienced these like experience i'd say on a daily basis you experience all eight if you're if you're on some level on yeah. some level driving around walking through a uh place in your city your town clearly if you turn on a tv social media that's that's got half of them looped in looped in you social uh social pressure emotional manipulations uh censorship of thought it's all there good fucking times let me tell you mm. so i thought it like and uh the 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 slideshow here with a Thomas Jefferson quote, um, which, you know, wealthy plantation owner, but uh, kind of nailed it on this, this quote, history in general only informs us of what bad government is. Yeah, I don't. And I, yet <laughs> it's still alive and well in it, the modern 21st century. Can't go through history and like, we're the good government. There's not going to be such a thing. Where is it? I want government. I want to believe in it. Government perpetuates lower self enslavement. Anytime that you feel you have authority over another person, that's all ego. That's the power of the hierarchy model. And so government always is facilitating that. And especially at the corporate level, you know, if our government is a corporation, corporations, the only way corporations stay in business is if they can continue to grow. If they cannot grow, the corporation will go bankrupt. But Angel, the Constitution clearly is there to limit the government and keep it small and responsible and truthful and honest. Are you saying the Constitution has not been successful in limiting the size of the government? But the Constitution is not relevant it's not the juris we're not under that jurisdiction so it's a it's a shitty contract because like so we're in a shitty contract exactly we're in a shitty contract where the constitution doesn't even apply to us anymore because we're under a different jurisdiction and the, the government just keeps getting bigger because they keep getting in bed with tech right silicon valley they get in bed with the, the bankers they're just like you know, having corporation orgies, like they're literally just creating yeah. a monopoly we'll of just, just everybody gets a piece of the pie. I just thought of the, I, I don't know what triggered that. It's a phobia trigger moment I just had, I but it's like the constitution is like a adjustable rate mortgage that the founders uh, and all the people agreed upon way back in the beginning because the interest rate was really low and it seemed like a good deal, you know? And then every year that the contract has been held in place and the government grows, that adjustable rate on that mortgage just keeps increasing and increasing and increasing. And it's, it's to the point now where it's just absolutely ridiculous. It's, it's retarded. It's like, you know, we, we're all locked in at birth, locked into a, a, uh, a contract and the the rate on the mortgage is we're now at like you know 337 percent interest rates as we're born you know each individual person's uh portion of the the national debt is like ninety eight thousand dollars upon birth <laughs> like 
<laughs> right now you're you're we got one second year old and you owe nine, eight, the trust 98 grand oh. yeah. they can just take out all of that debt from our lovely trust my all capitalized name if i owe anything just take it out of there <laughs> oh they are <laughs> all right for all so, future labors all right you guys so we're wrapping up tonight um my two cents here is more than two cents but is that we need to rule ourselves that's it okay so the whole premise behind sacred anarchy is to rule yourself you don't need an authority you need to know the root cause if we can get to the root cause we can solve and heal it from the root and that way it's just about maintenance you know think about weeds you're cleaning out a garden you get rid of the weeds but then you got to maintain once you clean out all the weeds so the idea here is that we start to rule ourselves. So I am in the process of completing this new uh, guidebook called Eso uh, Activate Your Esoteric Technology with the 72 Divine Names. And basically, I'm going to be, um, I've already written most of it, but this is really about you understanding that you are powerful. You are an esoteric technology. Your body, your soul has a frequency. And so these 72 divine names are really the intermediaries that communicate with the macrocosm. So you can actually heal yourself. You can call in things that you need answers to, that you need uh, solutions to. And you do that through these 72 divine names. So there's more to this. Um, I have created a little um, uh, a URL here, just a quick URL, sacredanarchy.org forward slash 72 that's the number uh actually not not spelled out but actually the numeric number 72 dash divine dash names um it's got probably about going to be about 90 pages long but this is really getting to the spiritual um pro, uh, the, the spiritual part of the matter is really you understanding that it's not just physical it's not just dissolving our contracts and eliminating go government it's really an inside job first okay so i really want to emphasize that you know if you're on board with what we're doing here you're ready to be a self-ruled uh individual that it's time to do that inner work so check out this new um guidebook i've just put together and then i also wanted to mention that if you're not already subscribed whether the free or the paid version of bank of gnosis magazine i am going to be talking further about these contracts um and i've already have a couple articles on the magazine one of which is this the the law of the sea and the unconscious uh the personal unconscious which i do want you guys to check out so if you're not already subscribed there you can hop on over to sacredanarchy.org forward slash bank dash of dash gnosis subscribe right there and um we will see you next week right so any final words chad thanks for joining hope you enjoyed our discussion on government and i uh think i did i win my case hopefully hopefully I'm... the jury's out babe jury's out <laughs> the, the truthful jury uh no thank thanks again for watching and please uh share subscribe do all of the digital things to uh, help bring spread the word bring this information to the masses yeah I, uh, as always 
I own me, you own you, agape.